Uh, with me is uh, Halloween 4545. Uh, one of the longest, ser- uh, I would say, longest serving uh, uh, Let's Players serving, like you're, like you're in the military. Longest serving, like in prison, man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, YouTubers uh, in, uh, on, on YouTube. And he's the one of the few who remain who do, does not do face cam, which, good on you, mate. Uh, that's 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 right up my alley. So, uh, welcome, Ben. Thank you for joining me on this. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, don't don't have a face count. Don't scare the punters away. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so I already know how you look. So I mean, that's that's fine. <laughs> um, so Ben, uh, I'm just gonna gonna briefly tell you about how I discovered you. And I don't think I uh, full disclosure. I have uh, interacted with uh, Mr. Halloween here, Ben, for many years now. Uh, I would say I've probably gone started really conversing with Ben probably about seven eight years ago, and uh, I bought personal bias here. Uh, I consider him a, a friend. So that all that aside, uh, Ben here, uh, I first discovered your um, YouTube channel when I was actually searching for I shit you not Call of Cthulhu um, playthroughs. Oh, nice. <laughs> And uh, you had just started that one, and but what I typed in was British. <laughs> See, what were you like? You're like, man, I'm I, I'm sick of listening to Yang voice. I want to listen to something like, you know, like with a silly accent. Is that how you're going for it? <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. So I typed that in, and uh, along the the pathway came up you. And I, uh, to, to be honest with you, uh, I wasn't expecting it. So I, I, I got in, you was like midway through your, your Let's Play, but you weren't finished with it yet. And I like immediately like became addicted to it. And that was 2008, I think. I- yeah, it was, let's see, I did Alice in March-ish, I think. Uh, so that was September, August? Yeah. Something like that. God, it's been a while now, to be honest. But yeah, it's something like that, yeah. Uh, Ten years ago. Um, <laughs> and well, now that we're you know, and I discovered that, and I became addicted to it ever since. And I like you and one other person who I can't remember were the only people I was subscribed to, because at the time I didn't even know that subscribing was necessarily a thing you could do. That's how like technolog- technologically stupid I was. I was just watching someone I liked, and I became uh, a kind of addicted to it. And through that, I have gone through every single let's play that you've ever done. Um, and even it, cry of fear. Wow, that's brave. You've, well, I, not only cry of fear, I went through the anguish you had trying to get up. I think it was like a fallen train car or something like that. It uh, was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a great game. Yes, yes, it was. So, Ben, just to get my little monologue out of the way, um, you've been doing this for a long time now, and do you still have that same, like, zeal that you used to when you first started it? Well, I think it was, what is it, Scottish Duck that inspired you? No, not Scottish Duck. Uh, it was a guy called Ginger Majingo, who was oh. also Scottish, though. So nice shout. Though Scottish Duck is actually a buddy of mine, so it's oh, quite really? funny. Oh. Yeah, I used to play Soul Calibur with him. I used to beam down. Pow. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a guy called Ginger Majingo on the Penny Arcade forums back in uh, early 2008, 2007, like late. He was doing a Hitman Blood Money run Wow. Um, 
uh, like a let's play and the dude was really funny really informative and just generally like super entertaining I was like damn this is like a really cool idea I wonder what this is like it, as let's plays weren't, like, weren't massive like something awful were doing them but I didn't really frequent them so but he was uh, he was like producing this every week and doing a new episode with each stage I thought this is a great idea I should do this for the game I like and I really liked Alice like and I was like not many people know about Alice I mean it was it was reasonably well sold but, you know, not, not like crazy and I was like I want to do that so I looked I, I typed on uh, YouTube as it was and Google video uh, Alice let's play and there was a something awful one that was up at the time mm-hmm. and I watched his and I had a quick look and I was like ew <laughs> like <laughs> I thought I don't know. This this is I like the what he's doing with the game, but I don't like what he's saying. Like a lot of the, like the jokes were just like, Ew. so I thought, damn, I can do that. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do it better. Like, no offense to the guy. Like I'm sure I'm sure the actual let's play is fine if I watched it now. But at the time, I was like, mm-hmm. so yeah. And I just decided to like crack out Alice. And my very first couple of videos, I was super nervous about it as well. Well, I, I've noticed. I mean, you especially going back to those early let's plays, you were very uh, you're. You were tentatively putting your 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 steps forward, and you know, the, since the second one you ever did was the first one that I saw, I could tell that you were still um, you were playing games you knew, yes, and yeah. you were kind of doing that to kind of, in my view, to get your you know your foot in and to see how well you would be do you know how good you would be, excuse me, doing this sort of thing and. I think looking back on it, um, did you do you find that uh, just that whole process was just a big learning experience, as particularly those first couple of years? Uh, yeah, it was definitely a learning experience. Though I didn't pick games I knew because it was sort of a, it would help me out. I guess uh, that's something like a professional and sensible person would do. <laughs> I'm not I'm not either of those things. Uh, I picked those simply because they were just things I l- happened to like, and I it was just sheer chance I'd already played them. And I wanted to do it, you know. And then um, I think the suffering I hadn't played before. That was the third one. Was a fear. Wow. I haven't played that either, so whatever. <laughs> Too long ago, I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, the, all of the early ones were definitely learning experience. I picked up like recording tips and editing tips and how to do things. But I mean, the early sound on it, the early quality was really poor. It, but people seem to really like the commentary, so that's kind of what kept me going for that. I'm glad that you kept them up. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of YouTubers will like they're so embarrassed by their earlier stuff that they they will they will delete them or private them. And I'm glad you, yeah, I'm glad you yeah. kept them up because, you know, I, quite, quite frankly, well, first of all, it's nostalgic for me personally. But second of all, it is like looking back, you're, you're seeing I like seeing the process and I like seeing the, 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 the parts of discovery. And what I really have noticed, uh, especially going back through your, some of your early stuff was particularly actually in fear. I think that is where you started getting really hitting your rhythm because um i don't sense any sort of uh how to push put this i don't sense anything false with you right i sense a oh, thanks man i sense, I sense <laughs> someone who's just doing himself right and is that what you're going uh, for yeah yeah essentially i mean i don't know if you gauge that from when we were just chatting briefly before we started i'm, I'm, I'm an idiot IRL as well like i just <laughs> i just kind of say whatever comes to mind that kind of gets you in trouble sometimes you have to sort of uh, be oh, a bit a little bit careful but yeah, true true yeah but yeah it's i literally just hit record and i kind of say what i was thinking anyway or occasionally what i would actually say when i was sitting there by myself because i'm a mad bastard um <laughs> and that that just sort of once once in the, i got over the nervousness i guess of the first couple of let's plays out of the way 
you could really concentrate on just the game and what I thought of the game rather than worrying about should I fill this blank air with noise should I not say anything what do I do about this cutscene what do I do about this when it came to fear for example all I had to worry about was when the piss and ninjas were coming out of the ceiling uh, like what was going to happen with the guns or how to record probably because the monitor problem I had uh, you know and, and so I could just I could definitely concentrate more on just the commentary of what I would normally say, if that makes sense. No, no, no. I, I get it completely. And, we, you know, it's kind of like with me with my, as, as the people who are listening to this now know, I'm with my podcast. When I first started uh, doing this with a couple of uh, friends of mine, uh, 2011 or 12, what they noticed is that I could not, one of the big, it, I've always been me. Every, and I've never changed, I've never de- deviated. But what kind of, what kind of adjusted a bit was the fact that uh, I didn't have an intro for myself and I couldn't for the life of me think of what to say to people to greet. And finally, I just came up with, uh, what's up, everybody? And (laughs) that's literally how I just kind of did that. And then finally, I'm like, okay, now that... uh, It's kind of like it gave me permission to start doing what I needed to do on the rest of it. And I kind of feel like the same thing with you, with your, hello, everybody. You know, that, that entire... Uh, that entire like greeting, I expect that when I because like I like I was telling you before or like maybe at the beginning of this, I I've seen every one of these, so I you get a rid, used to a rhythm and you get used to a cadence, and whether it's you know true or not or whether you know it's true to life, I don't think anything ever is one hundred percent accurate to the like the way people are all the time. But I get the sense that okay, if if I met Ben at a uh, at a at a pub somewhere in England, he'd be the same way he is if he was like talking about a game somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I think I certainly think more or less. Uh, I'd say I'm a little bit more shy in real life. Yeah, um, it, it, it depends on who I'm with. If I'm you know if I'm in a comfortable situation, then almost certainly. But I think that goes with most people, doesn't it? Like yeah. when you when you're when you're feeling like a bit of a fish out of water, you always, you re, you're always a bit more reserved. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd say like if we, if you know if I met with anyone like like outside of YouTube, I don't think they'd be too surprised with how I'd, how I'd be. Yeah, and I think that's the, the charm of YouTube um, more than anything else. Is like you don't feel like there's until you get. I mean, I'm, all right, when I say charm of YouTube, I don't mean like the the fifty million subscriber people who are obviously you know very rehearsed. I'm talking about just your average person who just wants to put up a video. And uh, the fact that you've managed to cultivate uh, 50,000, over 50,000 subscribers over this time. Uh, man, I remember when you had, well, it was less than 1,000. Well, it, when Call of Cthulhu started, I had less than 200. If, yeah. you, if you get a chance, there's a video that says, like, thanks for 200 subscribers, yeah. uh, which, which was in the middle of Call of Cthulhu. That's right. So I remember, I remember making that. And I remember 1,000 was Dead Space, and then sort of, like, rocketed up from there. And I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that I think that, 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 you know, more than anything, and, and people aren't tuning in to hear me drone on, but uh, I think that, Seeing that and seeing how people I personally responded to this uh, was something revealing to me because I, I, as someone who, when I found you, I was 30, you know, so obviously my YouTube exposure and all that stuff was like to me, it's like you ever see an older person try to play video games like, you know, it's basically 
how I would describe my journey into discovering Let's Plays. My friend Joe, and this is something that uh, I was going to talk to you about. You have friends who, when they come over, like if you if you go, I don't I don't know I don't know if you have people come over and play games with them. Do you do you do that? Well, you mean like like couch co-op and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, every so often. Yeah, it's not as common as it used to be because the internet's so much easier, isn't it? But yeah. Well, be, because my friend Joe uh, really was into playing games, and I would always go over, and he called me his navigator. I I would just watch him play. I didn't I didn't want to play the game. I just wanted to watch. And I think that phenomena played its way into. Let's plays because I, I think that you discovered that there was a lot more people who wanted to see it as if it is an episodic thing, like the, like it's your favorite show coming on every week, that sort of thing. You know, I, do you feel the same way? Sorry, Mike bugged out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I suppose I guess kind of related to that. Like, if I'm always surprised with the amount of people that did like to watch, as opposed to. Uh, anything else mm-hmm. like mm, you're right maybe I don't, what's the right word I'm looking for uh, it's uh, perhaps it's comfier to watch sometimes right yeah and it's easier to relax and and uh, do that than it is to play yourself is that what you found yeah you know, well specifically with the lack of gamer rage you know <laughs> you're not you're not participating in it so therefore, you're not inv- as invested as that goes. But I kind of like it, it's. I, I don't want to call it a voyeuristic thing, but it's more of a. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like to watch. No, no, no. But it's more of a um, watching the journey. It, it is kind of like watching a movie or television show. It's the best way I can equate it. Because it's like an amateur television show in a way, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah, that's the way I've always looked at it, and and I think that you know. To, to kind of wildly veer off, you kind of going through here, you would be surprised at my favorite of your Let's Plays. Because I don't think you would consider it a, a one of your best, but it's a recent one. And uh, okay. it is Dark Souls 3, the DLC, uh, The Ring City. Ah, okay. Why, why that in particular over, the, say, the uh, regular, like the, the Dark Souls 3 main game? Like I would say this. You went into it blind, and there is a vibe with that game, and I, I, I respond to certain games. There's a vibe with that game, particular DLC, that I really dug. I, I just don't know. And it's, a, it's, it's kind of like I enjoyed you exploring that through the journey, and it's such a visual... To me, it was a visually stunning... Yeah. Oh, it was, it was a great-looking game. Like, uh, the, the Ring City, like, the end-of-the-world vibe it had going on with it as well. Yeah. Like, there's that sort of rotted world. It, I mean, Dark Souls has always done well with that, I think, in the entire series. Even the really fugly-looking two. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Which is, like, you're going you're right now uh, to promote your current Let's Play. Everyone go over to uh, his channel at Halloween4545. By the way, Augie, you and I will get into your name construction. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because, because uh, I probably am one of the few people who can relate to the way you did that. Um, but... I think that, you know, watching that and feeling the vibe, even with this whole, the way, the, the way it was shorter, and, but the, just the kind of the vibe of the game gave off just appealed to me. And it is such a strange 
kind of thing to, to relay to someone who is in there playing the game, you know? And another, uh, I can say on the flip side, I've never liked, and you'll, this'll, this'll like maybe cause you to, to cut off the phone call, or the Skype call. <laughs> I've never liked the near games. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> and and may, I think it's maybe because it's too esoteric for me. I think I think they made a very different type of LP though as well. Like when I went into doing Near and its sequel, I went in knowing what it had a story to tell, and I was merely the passenger or the the I don't know the conductor for that story, if you like. You know, I was I was taking people down it, but I was only I was sort of letting it do its own thing. Yeah, and I feel they're very different LPs. Like I, I'm not really you know joking around with them in the same way. Well, you're. They're serious games. With, they are. Yeah. And I remember the first Nier had a kind of a mel, or really melancholy story. Oh god, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I went through the whole thing, and then when you got to the second one, I couldn't. And maybe it was the. Second, yeah, it, it was largely because of the the melancholy story of Nier that I, I just and maybe that's what didn't appeal to me, and. I will, uh, you know, kind of leaping off from the, the, the difference on me in Nier and Dark Souls 3. We go to the Amnesia games, which uh, anyone who has uh, followed you knows that was about 2010. And I will always associate that game, and this is going to be so weird to you. I associate that game for a certain time, and it was the end of 2010, or about fall of 2010. I'll, I'll remember, always remember it because I remember start, starting that Let's Play, I believe, about 30 minutes after I learned that Ronnie James Dio had died. <laughs> oh, man. I just, it burned it into my brain. And not that Dio was a uh, big, you know, uh, you know, I'm not usually a big fan of his work, but it just, I never forget that. And then I remember immediately starting a you, your Amnesia Let's Play because I think at that time you noticed that everyone was... was what everyone was playing Amnesia, and I think you were a little later than most people on that, weren't you? I, I was, yeah. I, I, I've never been one to rush into them. I, was, I did it when I was ready. Like, I, I had an existing Let's Play going. Um, if I wanted maximum views, I would have paused the existing one and done, am, and done Amnesia at this time, but the only reason I was actually doing Amnesia is because I did Penumbra. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Penumbra's neat. I should probably do Amnesia when it finally comes out. Um, that, was, that was mostly it. Like, I... Oh, I hate to I hate to sound hipsterish in that way, but I've got no interest in doing what everyone else is doing if if it doesn't intrigue me in the first place. Well, I, especially especially since I think that you know as let's plays go, it's more of a feel type of thing, and I can always tell when you hate a game. Oh yeah, we, I, I don't I don't think I hide it particularly well. Yeah, especially with uh, let's face it, the famous Evil Within let's play. Um, oh man, that game was a real POS. Like, <laughs> like seriously. Well, I'll never forget. I was watching that uh, Let's Play and thinking, this is even a chore for me to watch because I could tell how much he hates it. Not in a bad way, because anyone who played that game knows how what a what a shithole it basically was. And 
I could feel I had empathy for that. Just the the buggy, not the buggy game mechanics, but the the nonsensical mechanics of the combat in that thing, and and the the stupid convoluted story. All of that just combined for it. Just like I could feel you struggling, just struggling to get through it. It was just total nonsense, wasn't it? Like it was yeah. complete nonsense nonsense game and uh, I think I was overly harsh on it because I was getting frustrated probably it's not the worst thing I've ever played by any stretch of the imagination but it's just a bit tedious and when something gets a bit tedious that's probably even worse than having something being dreadful mm-hmm. like if something's dreadful you can work with it like cry of fear you know you, you can you can make something funny out of that or make something entertaining but when you've got horribly mediocre like the evil then you're just like what do I even do with this it's just another <laughs> 30 minutes of the same drudgery and nonsense oh it was just it, it, it was just painful and I felt bad for you and and I, it's not like the famous aborted uh, Bioshock let's play that you you started but the uh, by the, how, how far did you get into Bioshock it wasn't far six six sets maybe five yeah. sets it wasn't very far it was it was garbage and it was just it was tossed <laughs> yeah i remember on oh, the crowbear crowbear let's use a crowbear um i uh, just i i just there's things like that and I'm, I'm talking about kind of the duds here mostly because there's a lot of people out there who kind of like your struggle i've noticed that there's people who will just like who love it when you're getting frustrated with the game does that does that you notice does that tend to make people more engaged like the seeing the halloween frustration or the the uh the, the, all that stuff come out is do you think that is something that they respond to because i know yeah, probably some of those have like higher views than i would expect them to have i think people enjoy a good rage as well i think people enjoy a, a good set of um frustration and silliness because when something is truly appalling and you end up getting a bit funny about it it, it does. It can, it can bring out the best in in terms of commentary. You know, you've got you've suddenly got a lot to work with. You suddenly you suddenly got a whole heap of things you can talk about or things you hate, and really go off on some rants. And I think a lot of people enjoy that. It's a lot of fun. Plus, I get to do my famous chipmunking every so often. Yes, yes. Well, the famous one of that is obviously uh, uh, Cry of Fear, and, and everyone's you know favorite rage moments from you were, were in Cry of Fear. What that was a, I believe, wasn't that a? Uh, that was not an official game. That was a. That was a. It's a Half Life One mod. Yeah. Um, that was made into a game. I mean, in terms of a technical achievement done by one or two people, it's decent. You know. Yeah. They they they, they pull together essentially a full thing. However, it's all garbage. <laughs> it's terrible. It's absolutely. It's just terrible. the epitome of terrible game design. A lot of the time, it's it's where they just don't understand why things are certain ways or not certain ways, like why you don't make a player do X, Y, and Z because it's dreadful. It makes people really not want to do it. Well, especially why with all the jump scares. The jump scare, yeah, exactly. They don't understand how horror works. Now, I'd like to think after many many years of playing horror games, I kind of got a grasp of what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Constantly throwing jump scares at someone in any medium, be it movies, be it, I guess it's books, you know, in horrible sections. I mean, you can't jump scare such. You can have, like, unpleasantness, I suppose. Doing it constantly means it loses its impact. Oh, yeah. And if you lose your impact, you've lost the entire point of what the jump scare was for in the first place. If you just keep doing it, you're not jump scaring people anymore. You're just making people go, Ugh, roll their eyes or, I don't know. But you, you're you you're right. But you're right, and, and and I think that I've noticed modern games are getting away from the jump scares more and more. 
um, which is good because I think that was a fad because people had seen the Let's Plays and they wanted to see they wanted to get the jumps. You know, they wanted. Oh to get the yes, lessons, that, you know? that was that was a big period around when Amnesia came out. Actually, that some of the bigger people that most people know today, I imagine, like Markiplier, PewDiePie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I know. I don't really care to know the rest. Sorry, uh, those are two one I know. They're, they're, you know, they had that sort of cam, face cam shrieking thing going on that all the kids loved, and I think a lot of people went, "Ah, oh, right, this is the thing we should probably make the most of." Yeah, and it became you know jump scare city. What I like when you, I mean, okay, a good example of a a, a game that is getting away from jump scares. Um, it had it, but it was like it was very pretty. Was uh, Lust for Darkness that one of the recent ones you did? It was, oh, yeah. it was genuinely creepy, a bit disturbing, and it had that Lovecraftian thing that, that I love. And I think that I, if modern games are going this direction, uh, specifically horror games, I kind of like that. Maybe, I mean, I could do without all the over-the-top sexual stuff, mostly because it loses its effectiveness after a while. But I think overall the vibe of that game was something I would like other games to capture. Well, we've kind of hit the nail on the head there in the sense that the the fad of the previous fad was jump scares and mm-hmm. face cam style. The new fad is Lovecraftian horror. Yeah. Like the cosmic horror, the sort of uh, the terror of the unknown. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm all for that fad. Like, that's one of my favorite sort of uh, style of horror. They're going for a more psychological, um, eldritch, esoteric style mystery thing, which is better and more interesting. And a lot of indie developers are trying that kind of thing now. I agree. Because you end up with more interesting experiences, I think, that way. I agree. I agree completely. Um, you've, we've got, uh, of course, the, the ever-delayed uh, new Call of Cthulhu game coming out. you got two, in fact. Two. And, yeah, the, the, and they're co- basically the same. It looks like they're the same story. <laughs> As I said, they're both uh, Shadow over Innsmouth, basically, right? So Yeah, sort of, yeah. What, one... <laughs> The official Call of Cthulhu game, from what I understand, is a... Um, I don't like this word because it's used derogatively a lot of time. A walking simulator. Yeah. Adventure sort of style. Um, whereas the other one's like an open world called The Sinking City. Yeah. And they both got this like this sort of uh, official Lovecraftian vibe thing, TM, going on, which is cool. Are, are you, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they're doing with it. Yeah, I was going to say, is, is that something you may LP? I think I'd get hung outside in the street if I didn't... <laughs> Like, there's certain games that when they come out, if I didn't LP, one, I'd never hit the end of it, and two, they'd be like, why are you not doing it? And every time i do a new LP, they'd be like, why haven't you done this yet? Like, Resident <laughs> Evil 2 Remake. Like, i got to do that straight away, otherwise I'll never hit the end of that one either. Yeah, I noticed that. I, I, I do. I, I go scan through the comments, and I tell you what, and this is another part of the YouTube thing, and I, uh, by the way, uh, once again, to all the art, thank you, Ben, for joining me on uh, on this. You've been very good. Um, oh, I, no worries. Yeah. I think... You know, you have managed to build up a very loyal, for using me as an example, uh, base of people who watch your videos. Um, and it, it certainly have, yeah. Do, do it. Okay, back. Um, you've built up a what I would call a extremely loyal I, I, um, viewership. I, I, I don't want to call them fan base, but just a, a view, viewership. And people who really genuinely like what you do, and it's got to be kind of cool when you read through the comments just to see people interacting uh, with your videos. 
Oh, it's super cool. It's it's something that it's. Uh, I was thinking about this a lot recently, actually. Um, so I'm gonna have to segue slightly because it, it is relevant. I promise. There was a video done by a speedrunner called I think his name's Groose, mm-hmm. and he's a golden eye speedrunner, and he was actually talking about the effects of um, like bigger bigger people in the community how they bring people together and what the videos and what they do means to other people and how they're actually a role model or how they're actually a um something to aim for perhaps you know you know with what, if you want to do let's playing or speed running and uh while i'm not quite egotistical enough to call myself a role model yet <laughs> um it's it's actually an interesting point and you it's really cool when you put out these videos and within minutes it's got hundreds of views and within a couple of days you got two three four thousand views on a video and you think that's four thousand individual people that sat down and watched that thing it's a very strange feeling and a very uh, nice feeling but it, it, you, you don't take it in very you don't take it in properly you don't take it in that that what that means and people say to you oh your videos are amazing dude and I, no i watch them i watch them every day and i love what you do and you've you've got me through some hard times and you, you're kind of like yeah thanks dude you, you don't take that in properly until you sit down and really understand what that person said to you you know, it's, it's it, that you, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting to think about because uh, that segs me very neatly. Thank you, Ben. Into, <laughs> into uh, what I wanted to kind of go over as the kind of the concluding part of this discussion was. YouTube's changed. YouTube is not the YouTube that uh, you began in, which was more of a do it yourself not as many professional people doing it it was it was a wild west i think is the best way to put it it was it was to what it is now which is a corporate corporate entity which has basically driven out many of the smaller content creators myself included i don't know how i have stuck you know i don't know how i have stuck on as long as i have um but you think that you know going through this what are your thoughts on just the way YouTube has evolved in general, and then we'll get into just a few specifics, but what do you think of the way it's evolved from when you started uh, as on a whim in 2008 to all the way to 2018? I mean, I think it's, it's definitely evolved for the worse. Um, yeah. Pretty much every single time it's changed things. I mean, they do a good job with the back-end stuff, essentially um, with the video hosting their tech to the sheer amount of bandwidth they must go through and like that that's always been useful you know that you i've never it's been rare that youtube's ever been down it, it actually works mm-hmm. it, you know you load up a video it doesn't go like error 500 craps out mm-hmm. page of script every you know every few minutes uh, which is incredible really when you think about it however youtube as a entity and uh, a host for your videos have just become worse and worse for many different reasons I mean when I first started they let you get on with it you could do anything basically within reason you had a 10 minute limit sure but apart from that whatevs but the thing is it wasn't you didn't make money off it then either that's the thing yeah. especially video games you couldn't make money off video games for a long time on YouTube because of copyright reasons they just it just it was a flout no you couldn't you couldn't even do it and so everyone that started around them, myself, Kukoski, Scottish Duck, for example, mm-hmm. um, lots of the Penny Arcade Let's Players are something awful, guys. And everyone was doing it for funsies. It was purely funsies. Um, whereas when it got further along and money started getting involved, and I'm no exception to that either, because I, you know, I got I got involved in advertising since then as well. Mm-hmm. Everything sort of changed, and so did YouTube along with that. 
when YouTube realized how much money could be made here, they changed things for the worse, probably. They started listening to the advertisers more. They started changing things. And one of the things I inherently really dislike is that they have certain words that are blocked, including anything with the word gay, lesbian, homosexuality, sexuality. Those things being blocked from a corporate sense is appalling. Right. I know you've been affected by that. I have. And, um, yeah, you're right. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, please, Karen. It's just it, – that really bugs me. Like I don't I – don't, essentially, it's a corporate bigotry, essentially. Well, it, the, the strange thing about it is uh, it was better when people weren't making money. And yeah, it's, but when <laughs> – essentially, when is it not in that – when things, yeah. when people do things for fun and only for fun. People do lots of crazy stuff. Look at – for a perfect example, right? Uh, some of the bigger YouTubers, I'm not going to name any because it's not fair, but some of them have changed so much simply because they've had to follow the trend of what makes the most money. Yeah. So they've aimed for different audiences at different times because they're following the demographics. They will do serious things from this year to this year because that was the trend at the time. Then all of a sudden, screaming at things was the trend. So you, all of a sudden, you had people who did serious Let's Plays ending up playing nonstop drivel to get the new audience in. And then all of a sudden, that wasn't it. It was now... Um, Twitch. Twitch is the new thing. So, of course, they've essentially gone to making you, their YouTube channel not about Let's Playing, perhaps, but about vlogging. But you want to see them play a game, come check me out on Twitch. You know, it's it's uh, it's changed for the worse if you want to just as a hobbyist in that sense. The, the, worst, the worst part for me has been the absolute knowledge, from my point of view, that... The corporatization of it, and then let's call it for what it is. This is the corporate. It, it, it is the corporatization of. Once Google got involved, actually, you can say that that's when things start going downhill. Um, but when looking at the corporatization of it and the absolute fear that people have with offending anyone and offending advertisers, when you had a format where you could just put up videos and look, I understand there's obvious offensive stuff out there you know there's there's things that you look at it and say this is a fuck this is fucking offensive let me take that off the uh, off of youtube but there's other stuff that is legitimate and you start getting bots who filter out words as you were talking about gay lesbian lgbt um you get people who are just so beholden to they don't want to offend the person who's who sells uh, mops who puts their ads on YouTube and it becomes a point where people are so terrified and people at you, Google and YouTube are so terrified that they don't they, they just say okay done nothing gets monetized until you reach a certain threshold and then at that point you have to make a decision whether you want it to be your creative content or you want it to be something that everyone gets and that's obviously a crossroads and one of the things i respect about you ben is that you've been able to navigate that do what you want to do and just say you know uh, bollocks to it i'm just going to do it you yeah know? and that you've got to make that decision everyone has to make that decision for themselves uh again i'm not gonna lie it's nice to make money off of youtube don't get don't get me wrong it's 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 definitely a nice perk it's it's definitely helped me out through you know through life and and everything else but at the same time i'll also do videos that won't ever make any money like i mean lost for Diners is a good example ain't it there was no way in hell youtube was ever gonna let me make money off those videos yeah <laughs> because it's got sex in it it's yeah. got um it's got homosexual sex in it uh, lesbian sex in it as well Mm -hmm. I mean, those three things together alone, basically, for YouTube out more than anything. Um, and and you got to think: Do I? Am I? Would I not bother doing that because it doesn't make you money? 
The answer is eventually you have to make a decision that if it's not your livelihood, because it's obviously a bit different if it's your livelihood, I'd say, but if it's not and it's just a, a hobby where you make a bit of money, then you can do that. You know, you have to, it's, it's, it's sound, it's, I guess it's a personal choice and I like doing that. I did Metal Gear Solid recently and Konami claim every bloody video, but I still like doing it. And, you know, you, you, that's, I think that's a personal choice that every single person now unfortunately has to make because of the way this, the YouTube works. Which is really quite a bit of a shame. Well, it, it really is. And because I think a lot of it, people get into it with them, with they're going to be the next Markiplier, you know, and I'm, I'm going to... Yeah, do and that's, that's always the sort of wrong yeah. wrong attitude to go into there, I think. Absolutely. And they go there's into... Nothing, there's nothing wrong with being, uh, aiming for the stars, so to speak, is there? Mm -hmm. No, there's not. I mean, when I started doing my own channel, I was like, I'm just going to post diaries of what I'm doing. And that's still what I do to this day. Not everyone subscribes to that crap. And then with my other channel, which is the, this is the what's going on, I, I post podcast interviews. And I decided that, you know what, screw it. I'm not going to worry about what people want to monetize or not because it's not worth it. It did discourage me at first, mostly because not necessarily the money. It's just that you don't feel that anyone's in your corner. No, you don't. Yeah. You feel like if you feel like everyone's against you, it makes it very unappealing to try and continue with your hobby. Exactly, and if, and it, to me, it's a hobby. I mean, I do other things, and it's it's something that I don't necessarily you know want to pursue as a career. But I do like the creative aspect of it, and I think I don't want people to lose their creative drive. I don't want people to think that because of all this, they can't still put up creative, unique you know stuff that that you know that they want to because I think that that is one of the things that let someone like you have a 10 year YouTube channel because you're doing what you want to do and you want to be you do it the way you want to do it I mean bingo do it for fun yeah that's the key do, do everything for fun if it works out better in the long run bargain if it doesn't eh use for fun anyway and you've done it well and, and I I you know, you're the only Let's Player I've ever watched. Oh, thanks, man. Well, uh, like I said at the beginning of this thing, I, I've, know, I've known Ben here for so long that I, I, I consider him a friend. I've interacted with you for a long time. That will never change, mostly because as long as you keep doing them, I'm going to keep watching them. And it's just I'm, I'm, I'm loyal to you because you are good at what you do, and you're a good dude. And I think. Oh, well, stop it, dude! I'm not gonna get my head through the door. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd like to see film of that. That's that's where a head, <laughs> that's where that's where a cam would come in handy, right? Um, no, <laughs> um, I think that I think that that is why I do that. And and I think when you go through uh, watching this stuff, you never know what you're going to respond to. I didn't. I went ten years ago when we started out this podcast. I was saying. You know what? Uh, well, I didn't. We didn't. Okay, let me clarify. We didn't start the podcast ten years ago. That's that'd be really long. Uh, <laughs> it was just like ten years ago when I was talking about when I discovered you. I wasn't going into it expecting that I would be listening to the same person ten years from now. But it's, no, it's it's weird. I guess it's a weird thing, isn't it? Be, it's just, saying, yeah. I suppose in the same vein, I didn't expect to do it in ten years. I guess. No, you were still in college, right? I was. I, I, I started in college and I ended up doing uni and now obviously I work for my full-time job now as well. Like, it's <laughs> weird. And you work at the hospital. And, and, and I it, do. It's like perfect for the whole, you know, 
Horror Channel thing. I, 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 <laughs> I was just thinking about that, too. It's like when you were playing uh, Silent Hill 2, and I'm like, you're seeing the nurses, and I'm like, oh, it's great, you know, that... I wonder if, uh, you know, Ben's ever walked through the hospital thinking, I wonder if there's any nurses with knives. <laughs> oh, really? No, I wasn't thinking about nurses with knives. I was thinking nurses with those particular uniforms, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no such luck, sadly. No, no such luck, no. Uh, so I'm going to wrap up with a couple questions, and uh, thank you for joining me, Ben. Um, hey, thanks for inviting me. It's a good fun. Um, I, this is the way I do. I mean, it, it, it's just a giant bullshit session. That's why I love podcasts. Um, going forward, do you feel, I, I, I suppose that the best way to put this is, do you feel your content is only as good as the games that you're able to play? Oh, tricky. I, I kind of think yes and no. Uh, mm-hmm. If you've got, again, like I said earlier, honestly, if you've got nothing to work with, it make, can make things a lot harder. Yeah. And at the same time, when and you've noticed as well, when I'm fed up with something, you, you can you, you, your enthusiasm drops. I do think it affects quality. Yeah. Like when I was getting to the end of Dark Souls three the first time before I got to the DLC, and I, well, no, but I was doing the first DLC. I I wasn't I was checked out of that man. I wasn't interested. I I, I had enough of Dark Souls at that point. I I just didn't care, and I think that definitely showed. Yeah. But whereas if you got something hilarious to work with, like Vampire the Masquerade, is a non-stop barrel of laughs because it's so silly. Mm-hmm. Then it, the content becomes much better. So yeah, I, I think to a certain extent, yes. I think you can always make a positive effort, even if something is a bit naff. Do you have any specific games you look back on fondly, not in a favorite way, but any let's plays where you think look back on and think for whatever reason it could be what's going on in your life at the time or anything like that. With in the time you've had this channel, you look back on it and think that was a good time. I mean, you you have strong associative me- memories for that specific LP. Uh, I guess I got a few. I mean, Alice for getting started, obviously. Yeah. That's the easy, cheap answer. But it, it really was. I have really good memories of getting getting the recording software set up, making my thread on Penny Arcade, and doing all the pictures to go with it, and uh, making a real big effort to make it good, and trying not to sound as terrified as I was. Mm-hmm. That there's a lot of good memories of that. I remember Dead Space particularly for being funny because I was in the middle of college. So I'd come home completely smashed off my face, <laughs> attempting to edit Let's Play videos. That's where I let my name slip because I was so drunk I couldn't edit it out properly. <laughs> and I ended up cutting out the the, un, the not relevant bit and leaving the word Ben in there. And I was like, that's probably fine. Just do that. And then, so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> those are those and, are good ones. Yeah, those are good ones. And. Uh, and, amus- and amusingly, uh, the other one's Eternal Darkness, because when I uh, I had a breakup, oh, uh, like with a long term with a long term girlfriend at the time, and I remember distinctly because it happened during that one. I remember being reasonably better for a good couple of sets for that one. Just quite <laughs> funny looking back on it. Yeah, it's it's amazing how that. Kid, I mean, I have a vague recollection of you being kind of bitter during that, but I don't I don't think necessarily you were. It was. You know, sometimes you associate it with game frustration, you know, because from an outside perspective. Um, and from my angle, I, you know, people who watch your Let's Plays will always have a certain memories associated. Like I said, like uh, Amnesia, for some reason, Ronnie James Dio dying, whatever is in my head. But there's several of them that I look back on extremely fondly. Um, and I'll just mention a couple. Uh, I believe it was. Aliens versus Predator. Uh, which game would that be? Uh, was that Frosty in it? 
Yeah. Yes. That's two. AVP two. That one, I have a big, huge memory associated with that. Um, I do. I do remember system, the first play, playthrough of System Shock. I remember that's when you said on the one of the, the sets that you were going to the uh, uh, NFL football game in London. Yes, and yeah. I, and I remember that because it's like, oh, he likes American football. <laughs> um, I love it. I'm, I love it, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, but it's weird tricks of the memory. But It, it is. Pops, it's funny what pops up, isn't it? But but as far as my, you know, and I, I don't like getting into favorites, but my favorites of yours, you know, the Dark Souls 3, The Ring City, which I thought was just a beautiful game. The vibe was great. And you played it just in the perfect way, I thought. Um, but there have been recent ones. Your Silent Hill 2 one was just as good as I thought it would be. because Yeah, that came out really well. I was actually super happy with that one. You did. I think you allowed people to experience the game, and you made it. You allowed the game, and, and this is why I love the fact that you don't do face cams. You allowed the game area to breathe, and you need to do that with that game. You need to do that with a game that's kind of... A, has a quote-unquote message uh, yeah. like that game was, right? Don't you feel that you have to like kind of let it breathe, so to speak? You, you do, <laughs> and you actually brought something really important. I think that a lot of people have missed the point of, actually, which is when you make the, it all about you and not about the game, I feel that the game gets its, its message and its, its sort of uh, thoughts and feelings, in a way, gets, gets mislaid and gets lost. And that makes me really sad. Because a lot of these games have something important to tell or something important to show or, you know, or something like that. And I think if you make it all about you with a big face cam in the middle and uh, you're waving around or waving your arms or making a lot of noise, you, you lose that. And you've got to sometimes just let the game do its thing. That's why I try not to talk over cutscenes as best I can. Like, sometimes the jokes are too too easy and okay, I, have to, yeah. I have to be snide, but... Well, you've, well, got to, you've got to let it have its time in the sun. Yeah, yeah. and you do better the job of that than most people do. Um, there are some other uh, non-face cam LPRs out there, I guess. But, I mean, from what I understand, the, they just kind of, like, end up talking, talking, talking. It, like, it becomes um, verbal diarrhea. I was about to say, you've got to be careful not to, not to do verbal diarrhea. It's too easy, because, <laughs> especially when you're starting out. Yeah. Um, I see this a lot with newer Let's Players, actually. Well, I, I actually get people asking, you, oh, can you watch my video? Can you watch my video? And you go, yeah, I can't have a look. And it's just fill every gap with noise. Nah, dude, like, stop. Just let the game do its thing for a bit. It's okay. It's not going anywhere. People aren't going to immediately switch off because you haven't said anything for five seconds. Well, I associate this with, there's a, the best analogy, and this, I'll leave you with this as far as uh, questions for the podcast goes. I'll, I am, of course, uh, I, as people, most people who listen to this know, I'm about to turn 40. And you have a birthday coming up, so happy birthday. Oh, that's you. <laughs> yes, uh, July birthday is right. Um, <laughs> I, uh, since I, you know, came of age in the early '90s, my association with Let's Play, and specifically you, in a in a English uh, slash British sense, was the best analogy I can use is Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand, and the, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but I certainly am. Yeah. yeah I just it's just not quite as snarky as as they 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 are and you of course there's no robots in front of the screen but there are there's like the the association I met I make kind of like kind of fondly is growing up you know as an early teen watching mystery science theater 
as the avowed nerd that I am and watching it and, and just laughing until my, my sides hurt. When And I think that one of the reasons I have glommed onto you so much is that I get that vibe. It's not the Midwestern American, you know, humor. It's very English. And that's what I like about it. And I think that you are able to capture that better than anyone else. And that's why you will always be, uh, not to give you feel, you know, make your head too big. Uh, too late. Why, already, already get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're, you're my, my favorite uh, LPR and uh, just a good dude in general. I've had a pleasure getting to know you those last many years. Uh, it has been a bar now, hasn't it? Goodness. Uh, yeah, I, I remember first interacting with you, I think it was 2011. So I, I think it was about seven years ago. And doesn't time fly, man? It, it does, and it, it is what it is. And, and I, look, I'm the only one allowed to feel old because I'm about to feel uh, about to hit forty. But I do remember <laughs> when you were twenty. <laughs> I was just thinking about this just now. Like, oh my god, you were still going to school when you started this. Yeah, I know, right? Spooky. I know. <laughs> and now you're like this professional. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Nothing professional about me, I'm afraid. Even even in my professional job, I'm incredibly silly. But it's yeah, it's it's a it's a strange thing. I've had I've had people say like, oh, I I was 13 when I first saw your videos, and I'm 23 now. And I've got a job, and I, I watched you all the way through school, and I'm like, oh my god, I hope I haven't corrupted the youth. <laughs> no, if anything, you've made them better, Ben.